Blog Talk Radio. everyone and welcome to Violet Reiki Radio. I would like to thank the founders of the Seika Network for giving me this wonderful opportunity to bring this show to the public where we will be talking about Reiki and all things Reiki, surrounding Reiki, the roots of Reiki, how it was founded, its founder Mikao Sui, how we approach Reiki today in Western society after Mrs. Hawaii Takata brought it over here from Japan. Also, we'll be discussing things that uh, Sensei Usui loved and was very interested in, um, which is everything and anything uh, going from martial arts to sociology, religion, genealogy, um, you know, philosophy, all wonderful subjects, and uh, especially metaphysics. He was very fond of and interested in metaphysics and um, all of those different things. I'm sure many of you who listen to the show weekly know that we've had on astrologers, numerologists, um, psychics mediums, we've had energy healers on, we've had uh, doctors on, um, because we discuss alternative methods of medicine, holistic medicine. So there's no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There is no shortage of topic here on Violet Reiki Radio. And this evening, what we're going to be chatting about, and I hope some of you who practice Reiki, want to practice Reiki, um, desire to know more about Reiki and are thinking how Reiki can help you in your day-to-day life, will call in. The number here in the studio to call in is area code 347-677-7777. 
888-646-0699. And I would love for some of you to call in because this evening I do not have a guest and I'm all by my lonesome. And uh, as I love Reiki and love talking about Reiki, I would uh, very much appreciate some of you calling in. I know you're all shy, but um, <laughs> don't feel shy. Um this evening, we're going to be discussing living a Reiki life and how it can help you. And Reiki is a universal life force energy, an intelligent energy of love and wholeness. It understands the cause of problems and what healing is necessary. Reiki energy has a wisdom of its own, healing and balancing all aspects of a person's mind, body, emotions, and spirit. Reiki is a blessing, an instantaneously conferred sacred potential for healing, protection, and spiritual development. Um, if you'd like to check out my website, it's www.violetroserreiki.com. And I'm also on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I think I'm on Google+, Pinterest. You name it, Tumblr. You name the social media. I'm on it, as is most people these days. My email is rose at violetrosereiki.com. If you would like to email me, if you have any questions on Reiki, I gladly answer them. And I'd like you to know that I have a page on Facebook, which is called Reiki Ward. Like hospital ward, we are called Reiki Ward. Reiki Ward takes healing requests for distance Reiki. And all you have to do is go to the page Reiki Ward and put it in the form of a post, not an email, a post. And we will get on your healing request ASAP, we have two to 300 Reiki practitioners who help us out on Reiki Ward. And we do about two to three healing rounds per day. Sometimes we do more, but it's all um, at a minimum two a day. And um, once we take your request, we then send Reiki, and take that request on a small piece of paper and put it on our Reiki healing grid. And the grid gives your request 24-7 distance Reiki healing. And that's it. Uh, we do not stop sending distance Reiki until the person who requested it puts in a post or a comment, you know, everything's fine, please stop, you know, everything's good and we're not needing it anymore. So otherwise we just continue. Um, and that's, those are the general announcements I have. I do want to make an announcement that next Thursday evening, which is going to be the 16th, I'm having a guest from the United Kingdom, actually Scotland. And, um, because of the time difference, Violet Reiki Radio will air next Thursday, October 16th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So 
If you all want to listen to the show live or want to call in and ask anything, my guest is Paul W. Sutherland. Uh, many of you know him from Facebook, and he authored a book. And um, it's uh, actually, well, we'll talk to him about the books when he's actually on. I know the one book he authored was Orion and the Wildcat, and I think there's another one in there somewhere, but he is definitely a renaissance man he is my adaptive brother and uh he is just a very um well-spoken well-rounded human being and uh we'll be talking about a lot of things um you know, since the writing of the Orion and the Wildcat and everything. And Paul definitely agrees that uh, we should not be thinking only with our minds, but following our hearts instead. So be guided by the heart. And um, so we will talk to Paul next week. And for those who may not know what Reiki is, Reiki is a Japanese technique for stress reduction and relaxation that simultaneously promotes healing using life force energy. And a lot of people think that Reiki is just laying on of hands, but when we do practice Reiki, we can beam Reiki from our eyes, we can send Reiki from our breath. There is hands-on and there's also hands-off. There's many different ways of giving and sending Reiki. And the benefits of Reiki are that Reiki works on the cause versus the effects of disease and illness. So with Reiki, it's preventative in a way that we're getting there before. Practitioners of Reiki do self-healing every day or should be doing self-treatment every day. Um, and it's more of a preventative measure because... When using Reiki, what you're doing is you're removing blockages and obstacles, and in that in that releasing of the blockages, you're promoting balance and harmony at the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual levels. And those are the four auric bodies that make up us. We're comprised of auric bodies, our aura. When people say, oh, I want to see your aura. Well, you know, depending on the color it is, that will tell you how healthy you are in all areas. Um, Reiki releases tiredness and revitalizes the whole being. It results in personal empowerment. Again, Reiki is not just hands-on healing or healing for the physical body. Reiki is the whole the whole thing. Reiki balances, it brings balance because when you're balanced, you're functioning fully. I'm gonna use a car as an example here. If you have a car, you have four tires on the car. And you can drive the car if not all of the four tires are correctly balanced. But what happens is it affects the entire car. You may or may not notice it. And you could be driving this car for six months. And then what will happen? You 
happen to drive over a nail or a piece of glass and you have to get that tire, you have to get a new tire because now you have a flat. And I'm sure this has happened to many of you. You pull into a mechanic or a tire store and the first thing they say to you is, okay, we'll fix the flat, but, you know, you have two other tires here who are, that they're either baldy or they have something in them that shows that they're not uh, going to last too much longer. And most of the time, the guy will say to you, you know, you, you need more tires, you know, you need newer tires, you need to replace these because your car is not balanced. And so you purchase the car, the, the tires you need, and then they say, okay, so we put the tires, and then we're going to balance the car. We're going to balance the tires because now you've replaced your flat. Maybe you've replaced the secondary tire. And now what they do is they make sure that the entire car with these new tires is balanced because any good mechanic knows that if you drive a car that is not balanced, it's not a good thing. And then think about our cells and how we work and how we play and how we drive ourselves and what we do. And are we balanced? Are we all balanced? Mm, maybe. But invariably, I think there's uh, a lot of people who are not balanced. I remember years ago when my major mindset was to work, get the best job I could, make the most money I could. And, yeah, I was a spiritual person, and I practiced um, – spiritual practice daily and well if I could if, if the physical world of money and work and job was pushing a little too hard I was totally enveloped in that and sometimes you know some days or some weeks my spirituality would suffer I was also um I knew I had psychic ability and I was a fledgling tarot reader and and uh psychic reader, but to me that was like, well, that's kind of like something I do for fun or or a hobby, but I don't really have to pay a lot of attention to it. And I came to a point in my life where things were just not moving right, all that focus on work and money, work and money. And I kept hearing, you need balance. You need to master balance. And I'm like, what the, you know, master balance? What is all this about? Need to master balance. You know, I'm balanced. Sure. But I decided I need to do this because I've been put in a position before when I've ignored my spirit guides and when I did not take the advice that was given. And you can get away with that sometimes, but there comes a point where your own guides will say, okay, We've hinted, we were nice, we sent you a polite letter, you know, and you're just not getting it. So then they grab you by the back of the head and ding you a little bit. But um, so I started working on balance and I found that working on balance did indeed help me in every area of my life. A morning meditation, a lot of people feel, well, your morning meditation, I don't have time. Um, if you have three minutes, you have time. 
And I'm sure if you think about the things you do, you can spare three minutes in the morning to just do a simple breathing meditation, which will clear your mind. It's like clearing your computer cache. You know how when you don't clean your cache, you, you're not accessing pages and websites as quickly as you were when you started, when you had a clear cache? Clear cache, PC, laptop, whatever, works better. Don't clear the cache, you're all backed up. So think of meditation in the morning as clearing your cache so that you can go on to perform better, to work better to enjoy your life better. Okay? And um, that is a very uncomplicated, small, but yet very important lesson to learn. And you work at it at your own pace. I mean, we're all a work in progress. Now, the word Reiki itself means well, healing energy. And as Mikhail Sui said in his own words, it is the secret method of inviting happiness, the wonderful medicine for all diseases. This method is able to help you identify negative thought processes, fear and anxiety, and how to change those habits. You can begin your happier, healthier life by incorporating some of these Reiki-based techniques. One is set an alarm on your watch or phone every hour for eight hours. Pause for three minutes and notice things around you. Notice colors, temperature, people, and silence. Pay attention to anything in your environment. If you find it hard to be aware of the things around, you start simple. Wash your dishes instead of plopping them in the dishwasher. Notice the water temperature, the bubbles, the scent of the soap. This exercise helps you be aware of your surroundings, and ultimately you become aware of yourself in these surroundings. It also puts you in the moment. I'm going to take a brief break because I would like you guys to hear this very simple yet beautiful song by a friend of mine and Reiki colleague. His name is Colin Powell. Colin is over in the UK. He's in England. The wonderful person, a wonderful musician, wonderful Reiki master teacher. And he wrote this very wonderful song about the five precepts that are also known as the Gokai, or the five Reiki principles. Now, from the beginning when I learned Reiki, I recited my precepts every morning in English, but I enjoyed reciting them in Japanese. So I learned how to recite them in Japanese, and I've been doing it ever since. And a lot of times in my Reiki class, I will... Tell my students, these are the five precepts, and I'll teach them. <clears throat> and then I'll say, if you would like to learn these in Japanese, here's the Japanese pronunciation, and you can say it in Japanese. And 
their eyes open up and they shake their head like, no, I don't think I can do that. It's very difficult or whatever. So thanks to Colin, and God bless him, this song makes it so easy to learn how to say the Gokai in Japanese that I've included it in my curriculum. So now when I give a Reiki class and we're learning this, this is the song that plays so that if my students wish, they can learn how to say the Gokai in Japanese. So I have here for you the Gokai song written by Colin Powell, and I'll be back. Hi. 
Well, I hope you all enjoyed the Gokai song. And to be honest, there are days that I walk around and I play that on repeat <laughs> over and over again because it's so wonderful and uh, it's such a catchy tune. It makes you want to sing along. So I think that's one of the greatest things that uh, Colin could have come up with in a musical composition. He has uh, wonderful other music. Um, you can find him on CD Baby, I know, under Colin Powell, and um, check out the rest of his music. But getting back to living life of Reiki, um, like we touched on earlier, meditation. You know, meditation is simple. A lot of people are afraid and intimidated by meditation because, you know, they have these images of people wearing robes and sitting on a mountain in a pretzel position and holding their hands in mudras and chanting, and, and they just complicate it. And all meditation means is to concentrate your undivided attention to a single thing. And the point of meditation is to quiet your mind. And this quieting of the mind helps to decrease the fight-flight response, causing a decrease in your heart rate and your blood pressure. Practice meditation. All you need to do, as I said, is find a quiet place where you won't be disturbed and just focus on your breath for a few minutes. Take eight deep breaths and focus on something you can see, such as a doorknob or a tree. Or if you just want to close your eyes and as you're inhaling, just see the word inhale. Just Breathe in slowly. Take in as much air as possible into your lungs until you feel like they're going to burst. And then let go. Breathe out through your mouth. Exhale. Another wonderful way of living with Reiki and living in Reiki is to live without anger. And worry also. Your emotions can guide you, but you don't have to let them control you. If you find yourself quick to anger or are generally angry, you have formed a habit to react to situations with anger. Same thing if you're a worrier. If, if you react with worry to every single thing, again, this is a habit that you can change. You can use jogging, walking, breathing as immediate ways to decrease your anger and help change the way you react. A long-term technique is to reprogram your actions, such as perpetual positions. Notice the self first. Notice what you hear, feel, and see then try to be the other person in the situation. Notice what they see, hear, and feel. Now, be an observer and notice what you would see as the observer. Okay? The old adage of when you feel yourself rising in anger and when you feel anger rising within you, before you strike out, before you, you fight, that that flight fight response before you 
go to fight, go to defend yourself, go to open your mouth even, <laughs> count to 10. In your mind, count to 10 before you speak. I don't know if I just noticed this or it's just me that has been noticing this for a very long time in my life or if other people have noticed this, but there are people, I guess these would be called offensive people, who are on the office all, offense all the time. And by being on the offense all the time, these people are putting you in a defensive position. So you're on the defense. And when you're defensive, you feel like, well, I have to do what this person is saying. I have to defend myself. I have to do something, you know. And you really don't have to do anything. Many years ago, people would push me to make appointments and things. Uh, I know when I was going through my divorce, people, you know, well, we'd be in court and they'd say, well, we want to do this date. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but I don't have my calendar with me. So I'll get back to you on it. I was not going to be forced to make a snap quick decision right there that may or may not be good for me. Within 24 hours, I told them I would get back to them on a date because I had been pushed on making appointments and dates and whatever. And I, I began to realize it never worked out well for me. So, yes, this is something that I feel I don't have to do in the moment. It's not going to cause any bad repercussion if I respond in the next 24 hours. And I held my ground. And to this day, I will not make an appointment, definite appointment, unless I have my calendar with me. I may make a tentative appointment. But, no, I'm going to do things responsibly and have my calendar in front of me when I make an appointment. Don't let anyone push you to anger, which is why you count to 10, to breathe. Step back from yourself even in that position. Because when people respond in anger, it doesn't work out to anyone's benefit. The same thing with worry. I grew up with a very neurotic mom. I love her dearly. I, I always loved her. And um, she's not here now, but I, I love her in spirit. But my mom used to worry about everything. So now she passed that on to her daughter. And it was making me insane at one point. And I said, you know, this was before I started to practice Reiki. I'm like, what if I don't worry about this today? What if I kind of put it off and, and wait a day or two and, and, and I'll see what happens. You know, if the world doesn't end, I'll, I'll, I'll adopt this, this way of life. So um, I started doing that. And I remember telling a few friends, you know, I used to think that if I didn't do this or that by this or that time, or it had to be this minute, or it had to be today, or it had to be what it had to be, in my worrisome mind, the world would end. Well, I found out the world didn't end. And the world doesn't end. You know, worrying yourself to death, you'll end. You know, you'll you'll have every disease known to man connected with worry and, and um, all these different neuroses. But, you know, it's okay. I stopped the worrying. And from that point moving forward, my life improved a lot. 
I was worried most of my life that they'd have no friends if I expressed the real me. So I led a life of a chameleon, worried that no one would really like the real me. Well, one day, after about 40 years, the real me said, sorry, you're breaking out. <laughs> Get ready. And I let the real me out of its cage. And my worry about it, I have no more friends, was disproved because I still had the friends I had when I was not me. So, you know, emotions and worry and anger get you nowhere. So, just for today, do not anger, do not worry. Live the life that you were born to live. Walk to the beat of your own drum and do it with confidence. Let no one change you. Let no one harass you. Let no one bully you. Do not try and change someone and do not allow anyone to change you. Now, another thing is, you've heard you are what you eat. And the same is true for you are what you think. Now, if you stood before a mirror and repeated the words, I am sad, 15 times, notice what happens to your posture. Your shoulders start to slump. Your head drops. Your breathing changes. Now, Repeat, I am happy, 15 times, and see what happens to your body language and breathing. Find a word every week to repeat to yourself in the mirror. Make a list of your attributes. Good cook, good mother, thoughtful friend, good athlete, and so on. And try this experiment. And you'll see that all of the words that correspond to something positive really do change your physical appearance. Another thing is have an attitude of gratitude and work your spiritual fitness. Begin your day giving thanks for the five things, for at least five things in your life. If you're having a rough time finding something to be thankful for, Start with the weather. One thing that I never understood was people who couldn't find one thing or anything to be thankful for. You know, they really had to think about it. And I I said to a friend of mine once, um, you have to think about it? And I know when I wake up in the morning, when I am conscious that I have woken up, the very first thing I say is, thank God I'm alive, I'm here. Yay! Thank you, God. And then, well, I know my mind is working because I'm cognizant of the fact that I've awoken and I'm talking to God. <laughs> but um, then I say, well, okay, so my mind is whole. And then I start to move. I open my eyes, I can see. I hear birds outside, I can hear. I go to say good morning to my cat, Pash, I can speak. And then I move my body to get out of bed. I can move. Just those few things every morning is enough to be grateful for. You know, 
I think we've all been brainwashed and indoctrinated to want more. We always want more without thinking, do I need more? Most of the times, no. Um, It's hype. It's media hype. It's commercialism. It's capitalism at its best. Telling you in billboards and TV commercials and radio commercials and in every possibly imaginable method that, yes, you do need more. You by yourself in a perfectly healthy body, average everyday clothing to put on that body, not design a couture, you're fine. No, no, I'm not. I, I need more. And, and I need bigger. And I need better. And I need more. I mean, look, a hamburger by itself with fries wasn't good enough. We had to have super, super-sized, you know. Um, if you go to a drive through and say, can I have a burger? They're like, you want the combo? You want the meal? No, I just want one simple hamburger. Or if you order a combo and ask for water instead of soda. Now, as far as I'm concerned, soda is lethal. It's full of sugar. So it doesn't benefit anyone. But we've been convinced we need it. And, um, you know, you ask for water and they're like, what? (laughs) This sheep is not following the herd. Um, But we don't need bigger, better, more, whatever. We need to realize our blessings. And we need to realize that if we're healthy and whole, that's half of the battle. And whatever else we have on top of that is gravy. Give thanks for rain. I mean, I know the people in California, my friend, um, and another fellow Reiki practitioner, master teacher, uh, Sarit, of the Auburn Reiki Center. She's been dealing with fires in California where those people over there couldn't breathe. All that they have been having for weeks on end was fire and smoke and fire and smoke. They'd be thankful for just fresh air with no smoke in it. And everyone was praying for rain. And um, they did get some rain, thank God. And... They were also thankful for the rain. And people who have lived in floods and have had issues with flooding, you know, well, they're not thanking God for the water because they're drowning in it. But they are thankful that they've made it. I know I had friends who had gotten caught in Katrina years ago. And even though their house was washed away and gone, at least they survived my friend uh, and his wife and his children. So these are the things you need to be thankful for. And when you start to do this every day, soon it becomes an automatic process. I know when I got my car, what was it, like 10 years ago, 12 years ago, my car had died, my beloved car, and... um, I needed a new one, and I really it was it was a balancing act back then because I really didn't have a lot of money with which to purchase a car. 
And in my mind, I'm starting to worry, saying, this is not going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Oh, my God, help me, help me. But I just trust, and I knew the universe would um, come to my aid. And I got my new car. And from the first day, I set foot in that car and started driving it every morning. And I'm, I'm not lying. I'm not kidding. Every morning for two years without fail. I stepped into the car and said, thank you, God, every single morning. So now it may have slacked off to like once a week, but <laughs> I was very thankful for that beautiful gift that, you know, I was able to have transportation, be able to get to work and home and do the things I needed to do. And again, you know, I, I wasn't asking for a... a a Maserati. I wasn't asking for a Bentley, and I just needed a car that would get me from point A to point B. Also, practice spiritual fitness to be more grounded, clear, and compassionate. And being more grounded, clear, and compassionate, what does that do? That helps you be more in a state of balance. So you see, it goes back again to it's all about balance. If you are in that state and if you're more grounded and clear and compassionate, you are living in balance. In a normal situation such as meeting a friend for lunch, Question the reason why you've been given the opportunity to share time together with this friend. Look for and find the higher purpose of the situations and opportunities you are given. Lots of people think that, you know, when something bad happens to them, when something negative happens to them, they think, oh, my God, you know, God, why are you punishing me this way? Why are you doing this to me? And the bottom line is it's not about punishment and it's not that God is doing anything to you. It's These are all lessons. Positive, good things that befall us and come our way, they feel great because they're positive. So, so we don't question because it's like, yeah, this is good. But they also are lessons. And on the other side of the coin is negative, really bad, horrific experiences that happen to us, instead of sitting on a rock and saying, woe is me, woe is me, why is this happening to me? Look for the lesson. A lot of times, we don't see ourselves as having, um, oh, how should I put this? Uh, having things that are not quite right. We think, you know, we know it all and we're just perfect in our own eyes. And, and if we're not perfect and we have low self-esteem issues, we're so busy playing the part of perfect, we've convinced ourselves beyond our defaults and defects that we are perfect. But not in the universe's definition of perfect because we are all perfect. Even in our imperfections, we're perfect. But if you can't see where 
what you're doing isn't working for you. So let's let's say it's stuff that's not working for you, not an imperfection. Then along comes this lesson. And a lot of times, if it's a life lesson and, and we're supposed to learn and grow from it, and we stick our heads in the hole like an ostrich and we're going to ignore this. We're just going to not even look to see where the lesson is. We don't like it. We're feeling negative about it. And we're just we're just not going to have any part of it. Well, what that does is that stunts your spiritual and personal growth. Because you have to learn the lesson. You have to go through and do the lesson. Otherwise, you can't move on. Where would you be if you started school? There you are, first grade. And you, um, you do some lessons because they're easy. But the tougher lessons you don't want any part of because you just you don't want to do them. You don't want to look at them. You're not going to do the hard stuff. And that's it. You only do the easy stuff and the fun stuff. Will you make it out of the first grade? Well, it'll take a while. Do you want to keep sitting there in first grade, not learning your lessons, not progressing in your life? No. I mean, it makes sense. You go on. You know, sure you want to go through all of the grades. Sure, you want to go to high school. Sure, you want to go to college. That's where everybody's having fun. So we have to also get out of our own way. Stop thinking about, oh, all this bad stuff is happening to me. Where's the good stuff? Find the lesson in the bad stuff. And I guarantee you, you will find balance. And again, there's that B word, balance. Because you will have found what's going on and why the not so nice stuff has, has, you know, come upon you. You'll learn that lesson. And then once you've learned the lesson, it becomes something positive. So now you have really wonderful stuff that you like and you enjoy and you know is good for you. And then you have other stuff that wasn't so nice, but you now know why it happened. And you see the value in it. And now you're balanced. Another way to exercise spiritual fitness, and a lot of people are doing this, is to make a list of 10 things that make you happy. And then do one of these things every week. A lot of people recommend keeping what they call a gratitude journal. And I've been doing that for the longest time. It's nice to every once in a while pick up that journal and look at it and relive the things that you were grateful for, the things you were grateful for two years ago, the things you were grateful for a year ago. Because sometimes life is not easy. Sometimes we forget about all the wonderful, grateful things that we were grateful for. And the blessings that have come our way. And, you know, again, in the words of Mikao Sui, the secret method of inviting happiness. Yes, because we are inviting happiness. In this practice of Reiki and doing these personal and spiritual practices every day, 
We're inviting happiness into our life. By not getting angry, by not worrying, by being grateful every day, by working hard. And by working hard, it doesn't mean working on a, a, a chain gang, you know, rocks. It means working hard at your job, at your home life, at yourself, at your own personal and spiritual development. And last but not least, be kind to others. What does it take to show a little kindness and a little compassion? I live in New York, so not a lot of people smile here. <laughs> and then I'll go travel, and I'll travel over to California. And, you know, you're in California, you buy something in a store, the person's like, oh, thank you so much, have a nice day. And Cashier's smiling at me, and I'm saying to myself, what's wrong with this person? We don't do this in New York. But that's what we became. You know, I live in New York City because traveling through New York and, and upstate New York and different areas in New York, there are people who are nice, kind, friendly, happy. <laughs> but New York City, well, we have a reputation. But um, it doesn't cost anything to smile at someone. And it doesn't cost anything to be nice to someone. You know, I mean, I saw a video last night that I was so upset that um, he's an actor. I think he's in India, but he was portraying a man who either had gotten into a fight or gotten hit by a car or something. And there he was in a very busy street. And he was all bloody. His face was bloody. His arms were bloody. His T-shirt had blood. I mean, he was a mess, the poor thing. And he was asking for help, asking for help, pleading with people, you know, please help me. And no one, I mean, absolutely no one stopped to help him. It was horrible to watch. And this is a humanity experiment. And no one stopped to watch. I'm going to give you uh, this person's Facebook page. You can find him on Facebook under Actor, A-C-T-O-R, Varun, V as in Victor, A-R-U-N. This man is doing such wonderful work being compassionate, being humane, helping poor people who have nothing, but yet they go to work every day and sell whatever they can in the marketplaces to make a living. They're not asking for people to support them or charity or what have you. They're working, trying to make a living. And you can check him out. He's on YouTube also. He went around and was giving people, I think they were 10,000 rupee notes and a, a lot of money there. And I know he has a campaign where he wants to do this again. I believe it's October 23rd for Diwali and go back and give 50 people uh, 1,000 rupee notes. Now he's going to need $50,000 to do this, um, I think. But I'm not sure the exact dollar per rupee or what have you, but I know they have an Indiegogo site. And if you check out his um, his page on Facebook, Actor Varun, Actor 
V-A-R-U-N. It'll guide you and, and show you where you can go to become a part of this. So if you can, spread your generosity and help with this humane project. Um, by all means, donate. And just you know, watch some of his videos on YouTube. The, the human race is, is starting to become inhumane with the way people are treating each other, with this me, 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 you know, mantra that everybody's singing, and the wars and the slaughtering of innocent animals that's going on. I mean, it's just, it's getting, it's getting terrible. And, you know, my favorite quote, well, one of my favorite quotes from Gandhi was, be the change. It's up to us. We have to be the change. Yeah, we want change. But we're not going to get change until we actually become the change. And one by one, we can do this. You don't have to go out and be militant and be crazy and, and start, you know, trouble and, and protest and all, you know, just Change the way you do things, and it does have a ripple effect. You change you first, and that will ripple out to the rest of mankind. And living Reiki for the past almost 12 years, I can tell you that it is a life-changing experience, and most definitely one for the better. And even if you don't want to become a Reiki practitioner, if you don't want to um, learn Reiki or what have you, <clears throat> sorry, but the least thing that you can do, which will help all of mankind, is to just live your life by those five precepts. Um, you know, just every day repeat it to yourself. Say, you know, I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to worry. I will be grateful. I will work hard. And I will be kind to others. And outside of a Reiki context, I will tell you, um, I found that the Reiki precepts and principles are very akin to the four agreements. The four agreements written by Don Miguel Ruiz was an earth-shattering, changing point in my life after I read that book. And Don Miguel Ruiz's books and his works and the workshops and everything that he and his sons do are wonderful. I mean, these people are people who are really committed to being the change and helping mankind because they're living what they're preaching. You know, there are people out there who preach and talk and plenty of people who talk about love, but are they really love? People who talk about finding happiness and finding wealth and whatever, but do they really have that in their own lives? Again, you know, do they really walk their talk? There's a lot of phony craziness going on in the world. People who think that, oh, everybody's into this, you know, the rapture and we're going to be changing in the world this and higher consciousness and ascension. And there are actually people out there who are using this to make 
money. That's the only reason, just to make money. So I thank you all very much for listening. I thank you guys in the chat room. Uh, Next week we'll have Paul W. Sutherland, energy worker and author and all-around wonderful guy, my brother. And we will see you next week. And until then, I wish you all a very beautiful, Reiki, blessed weekend. And remember, take care of yourself, especially those of you who love taking care of others or if that's your job. Take care of yourself first because that's the only way you can be present. Care of those that are in your charge and those you love and those that you're here to help. In love, light, and healing, I will speak to you guys next Thursday. Be well.